listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Ty Brown of SixFigureDogBusiness.com. Now, this is the show where we teach you how to start or grow your dog-related business to a healthy six-figure-per-year profit. Now, today on the show, I'm excited because we've got him back again. Uh, It's Steve Applebaum. He's the uh, president and director of Animal Behavior College. We've had him on before, and the show was so successful that we decided to have him on again. And so uh, coming back from the break, we're going to talk with Steve, and uh, he's going to kind of shed some light on some more questions that we've had a lot of readers send in. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume Super Long Lasting Sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6-ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Pawfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do. And get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay. 
Okay, and we're back. And with us, like I mentioned earlier, is Steve Applebaum. He's the president and director of Animal Behavior College. How are you doing today, Steve? Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here, and um, it's good to be back. What we're doing on this show is a little bit different than some of our other shows. What we did is because you've got such a large community of dog trainers that you've graduated and dog professionals that you've graduated from your school, what we wanted to do is go to those individuals and ask them what they wanted to know, what they wanted to know from you. And so for those out there listening to this, if you're a dog groomer, if you're a pet sitter, if you're a dog walker, if you're a dog trainer, what have you, these are questions that um, your peers and your colleagues are asking. And so my hope is that you can find a lot of good information for what we're going to talk about today. So why don't we just get right into it? We've got... uh, Uh, We're not going to read the names of the individuals that sent in these questions, but the first question comes from one of your students, and she says, I am really anxious to start training dogs full-time. My question is, is putting up a website the best way to start marketing my business? And so, what's your take on that, Steve? Websites. You know, it's funny. When I started my first business, obviously, this was way before the internet, and it's really too bad because I think that had the internet existed when I was first founding the business... I would have had a much easier time getting the business off the ground. That being said, it is important to understand what a website is and what a website isn't, or rather what it can and can't do for you. And I would say the short answer to that question is a website is absolutely critical for your business. But it is very important to understand that that simply creating a website is not marketing your business. Basically, websites can be used um, in two basic fashions. Okay, the first is to make information about your business and programs available to those people who already have your website address. So, for example, people who uh, have your card, you know, they pick it up at a veterinarian's office or a brochure, flyer, problem-solving tips, sheets, some of the things we talked about at a groomer or a pet sitter or a veterinary office or a pet store. Okay, now in pre-internet days, you wouldn't put your website, obviously, on these, on these materials. And if people wanted more information that, was, that then was on that brochure or card, they had to call you. You had to you know, typically tel- play telephone tag with them until you were able to connect. And then you could answer any questions they have about your business or about the programs you offered. And while I am absolutely a, a huge proponent on making that phone connection, because that's how you're going to start to establish rapport with potential clients, Having a website address on these materials allows clients the opportunity to check you out. I mean, they can go online, they can find your site, and they can read about your programs. They can read about your services. They can educate themselves, and that allows you to essentially screen out people who are not going to be interested in your services because they have the ability to check out your business and read about it first. Wouldn't you say that that's kind of a double-edged sword because... uh if, uh, like you mentioned, you screen people out, I guess it really falls to the dog trainer or the dog business owner to really be adept at writing good copy and adept at uh, setting up the website properly because you might be a perfect match for that client, that potential client that comes to the site. But if you're not good at communicating that idea, it turns into a double-edged sword, right? I mean, they can come and they can find out about you, but you didn't explain things well enough. And so now you're perfect for them, but they have no clue, right? Absolutely. You have, if you don't present yourself well, you run the risk of people not understanding how well you can service them. So, yes, clearly, if you're going to invest in a website, you need to look at it as an investment. 
And mm-hmm. that means that you need to really sit down and, and ask yourself, you know, can I write decently? Is this something that I do well, or is this something that really maybe I need to hire somebody to help me with? You know, is the website set up in such a fashion that it's easy to navigate? Uh, you know, I, for one, I, when I set up my websites, I, I, use, uh, I use what I would call the New York rule, which is I'm originally from New York, and I don't know that everybody from New York is impatient, but I am. <laughs> And if I get on a website and it's got all the bells and whistles and it takes, you know, a minute or two to, to load up and, and the whole thing is just slow and cumbersome, I won't wait. I'm gone. I'm on to the next thing. So I want something that's going to be fast. I want something that's going to be informative. Uh, I mean, I want something that's going to be visually appealing enough that it's going to catch my interest and keep me there. Um, a website is simply another tool to communicate what you do um, to potential people who might want to hire you. You know, one of the challenges that trainers run into when they have brochures and flyers is trying to pack too much information into these products. Okay, and it gets very wordy, and they have so much they want to be able to communicate to the client while the client is reading it in the veterinary office. Using a brochure more in the form of a two-step marketing approach where the brochure really doesn't have tremendous amounts of copy because you can better do that online where they're you know, perhaps not rushed and they're able to sit in the comfort of their own home or in their office and read about your programs and your company is a very effective way to communicate and to teach potential clients about your business. But you're right. It has to be done properly. That being said, and assuming that you're going to have it done properly, a website used in this fashion as kind of an informational tool mm-hmm. is very limited in what it's going to be able to do. I mean, after all, in a sense, you're already preaching to the converted. I mean, people that have your, your website address because they have your business card already know about you. They just are attempting to find out more information. The second area in which a website comes in handy is how you can use the website as a destination for people who haven't heard of you or your services to go there provided they type certain keywords into a search engine like Google or Yahoo or Bing. And that's where a lot of people get confused. They're, they're not clear about how you know, this might happen. And so even though I certainly don't pretend to be a tech guy by any stretch of the imagination, what I teach people basically to think of the Internet as kind of like a modern Yellow Pages. Okay, and people who are looking for help for specific dog problems or simply looking for a dog trainer can find your site if you have a proper campaign to make sure your site comes up when keywords are typed in. Mm-hmm. So there's basically two ways that your name is going to come up, natural searches and sponsored searches. Sponsored and searches Google being Google Ads. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, so if you use go to Google as an example and you type in, or oh, use my stuff, dog training college. I mean, typically the first three companies at the top of the page are in something that's called a sponsored link. Okay, mm-hmm. and this means basically that Google charges these companies for each time a person clicks on their site from these locations. And this is called pay per click. Now we spend, I mean, Animal Behavior College spends a, a you know pretty good chunk of money every month on pay-per-click, or it's sometimes called PPC advertising. So needless to say, I mean, this can get pretty expensive. And there are also PPC ads that are a bit less costly, uh, typically that that scroll down the right column of the the Google page. So you'll see them at typically the first three companies listed at the top of the page, and then all the way to the right, you'll also see sponsored links. 
Okay. Now, it, like I said, it can get expensive, although it can get less expensive if you hone down or dial down the kinds of keywords you're using. So let's say, for example, that my college, which is located, the corporate offices are located in Northridge, California. Now, we have, we have nationwide reach. We have students all over the country and in Canada. But let's assume, hypothetically, that I was running a more localized business and my school was set up for people in and around the Southern California Northridge area. I didn't really want to connect with people in Utah or in New York City or in Manitoba or wherever mm -hmm. because realistically I knew they weren't likely to travel to Northridge to go to my school. That's not the case, but let's assume that it is. So in a case like that, what I might do for my keywords is instead of just dog training college, I might say dog training college in Northridge, California. Sure. Okay. And so I would be paying for those words, which is a lot. Uh, it's, it, it definitely narrows down the search. And so people looking for my college who lived in that area that typed that in would find me, but others wouldn't find me on the sponsored links because I wouldn't be paying for them. What you're referring to is called long tail keywords, if I'm not mistaken. So you use long tail keywords, meaning dog training college is a short keyword, whereas dog training college in blank, blank, blank is a longer tail. Now, the longer tail is going to do two things, If it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the longer tail keyword is going to better go after your prospect, but it's also going to be a cheaper word to bid on, correct? That's right. That's correct in both regards. And that's an important thing to notice because oftentimes when I'm doing searches, just doing market research, I'll type in a keyword and then uh, I'll notice a new ad and I'll say, okay, I've never heard of this dog trainer before and I click on it and sure enough, they're in a completely different area of the country and so, um, right. you know, their ads are being placed on computers here in Utah where I live and they live in Boston and so it does them no good and so that's a really key point. I didn't want to kind of uh, breeze over that too much because if people are doing paid ads... You don't want somebody in Utah clicking on the ad, in my case, if you're in Boston. And so, uh, yeah, thanks for mentioning that because that's really important and a lot of people overlook that, uh, overlook that issue. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a very good point. It can get extremely expensive, which is why, you know, I mean, stop and think about it. I mean, if you bid on a keyword that hypothetically people from all across the country are going to see and possibly click on your site from, you know, let's say you're paying a dollar for every click that comes through. <laughs> you do the math. You know, oh, yeah. you have 15, 20, 30,000 people hit your site. And while those numbers might initially be really appealing sounding, you know, to spend thirty or $40,000 in a month only to find that 80% of those people aren't in your targeted area could be a very catastrophic mistake. So yeah. you, you want to be very careful when you're playing with take, when you're doing PPC type advertising, but using uh, that honing process, you can most assuredly uh, keep your costs down to a manageable level and uh, and connect with those people that are most likely to be interested in your services. Okay, okay. Now, what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about how to do it without paying, you know, how to, without paying for um, traffic and whatnot. So we've got to go to a break, but when we come back, I want to talk with Steve about how do we get some free traffic. Paid traffic is great because it can be very specific and targeted, but what about free traffic? So stay with us. We're going to come right back and talk to Steve about how to get some free traffic for our websites. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. <laughs> Do 
give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's why. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. <gasps> on your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Okay, and we're back. And so in the last break, we were talking about how to go about getting paid traffic, using long tail keywords, making it specific for the region that you're in. But what about, Steve, what about people that uh, maybe they don't have a budget or maybe their budget is in other areas? What do you recommend to them as far as getting some free traffic? Yes. Well, okay. Aside from PTC, you also have something that's called natural search. So using Google as an example, if you, if you go back to the Google search, uh, to the Google page, if you look below the first two or three links at the center of the page, you'll typically see 10, 11 additional links going all the way to the bottom of the page. Mm-hmm. These are natural search results. And by natural search, this means that no PPC is involved. 
and the placement position of these links are based on each search engine's own internal formula for determining which links are most relevant to the keywords. Okay, and they're constantly changing. And there's an entire industry devoted to helping companies write websites with certain features and keywords so that they can increase their listing on the natural search. Um, and, and this is called search engine optimization or SEO. Okay, and this can also get expensive. You have to be careful with this as well. I mean, there are lots of people out there that do SEO campaigns, and some, not all, but some are going to promise you the moon and deliver significantly less than. Oh yeah, I'll get you to the top of the page in you know in a month. You know, mm -hmm. of course, I want a six-month commitment, and it's going to cost you four thousand dollars a month. And we don't really give any guarantees in writing, of course. But you know, <laughs> what I tell you is going to be very different from what I. You know, and I don't want to. I don't want to cast dispersions on the whole industry. We have some excellent SEO companies that we work with, um, and there are a lot of really good people in this business. You just need to be careful because, again, it, this can also get somewhat expensive. You know, which is kind of ironic. I think to get the quote-unquote free ads, you have to generally pay for them. And yeah. the Internet is becoming more and more expensive as time goes on and more and more people use it, I believe, and I don't think it's a, it's a, a particularly risky prediction that in the next 10 to 15 years, the traditional yellow pages may disappear altogether. Uh, it doesn't mean that there won't be the yellow pages. I just think that the actual physical books will likely go away in most places mm -hmm. and instead will be found online. You know, and there will be an entire generation of kids that come of age completely knowing what the Yellow Pages means. But if you asked them if they ever saw a Yellow Page book, they probably would tell you no. You know, or that's something my parents used to use back in the day. But it's, uh, so the Internet has really, really changed things tremendously. And trainers would be well advised not to ignore it. Just do a little research on it. Understand, you know, some of these different terms, SEO, PPC. Believe me when I tell you, um, I, as I started in the beginning of this, I am not a tech guy. If I can understand this, then any trainer can. It's, it's really just a matter of doing your homework and, uh, and, you know, really listening and being properly educated about it, then going out there and making the right choices. We've done very well. The vast majority of our business comes from various forms of internet advertising. Although when I was a trainer, my business did not come as much from internet advertising as it did from primarily networking relationships with other pet professionals, veterinarians, mm -hmm. pet stores, etc. Now, uh, what about a couple quick tips? Uh, just a few quick tips for somebody that's putting together their website. What are a couple quick tips for getting some free traffic? Do you have any of those? Well, um, I mean, uh, when you say free traffic, I mean... If you create a website, if you have a website created by a, you know, a decent designer with an understanding that, let me back up. Clearly, if you have keywords that you would like people to find you if they type into a search engine like Google, you know, let's say dog trainer in Utah, okay, you'll want to make sure that when your website is created, the term dog trainer in Utah is used often in the language of your site. So that when the various search engines look at your site and they see that keyword and they see it used in a relevant fashion, you can't just, you know, put it out there fifty times, you know, without meaning, they are likely going to just naturally lift it higher in the natural searches than uh, than they would if you didn't have it in there. So I mean just using some common sense 
you can generally uh, appear reasonably well uh, ranked on natural searches, especially if you're using the kinds of keywords that aren't going to generate a, a lot of competition. You know, if you want to wind up on the, you know, in the top five or six on a natural search on the word dog trainer, that's going to be a lot harder because you know yeah. you're going to have eight zillion people competing against you. But you know, again, if you want to make it a little bit more specific, uh, you, you've got a much better chance. Uh, as I suggested earlier, you know, if you want to generate traffic for people that have already gotten your name, this can be uh, a very effective. You know, if people if people when they hear your name. Also, always see your website. If anything, know nothing else about you. I mean, let's face it, in a business card, you don't really have the ability to give much information. You know, you can touch on a few of your specialties. You can give your company name. You can give your name. You give your phone number. If you want, you can give your address. Beyond that, the card's getting kind of crowded, and you really haven't told people much about what you do. So they can either call you, which hopefully many of them will do, or as I suggested, if you've got your website, they can go to your website and they can learn a lot more about you. So if anywhere you've got your name, your website is also appearing, you're going to generate traffic that way as well. You know, obviously, if you're uh, fortunate enough to do any kind of uh, interviews, any kind of radio, any kind of uh, TV, anything like that at all, clearly, if you have the ability to give a website there, greater numbers of people are going to be able to find you as well. Just think of it as a, as a place where people can go to learn more about you. Mm -hmm. And uh, the more you put that out there, the, uh, the, the greater numbers of people are likely to find you. But uh, beyond that, you know, free traffic... Uh, on uh, online is becoming increasingly more and more difficult. Mm -hmm. That's where everybody is basically going to politics. Now, uh, one thing, the last thing I wanted to ask you here, and by the way, if you do search for dog trainer in Utah, my company comes up first, so thank you very much. But, uh, but uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because in following your company, I've noticed that you guys are a master at doing this thing. You're, you guys do a lot of things great, but one thing that I've noticed you do really, really great is that your websites have calls to action. And by that, I mean, you know, somebody goes on your website and it's evident what you want them to do. You know, do you want to get their phone number? Do you want them to call a number? It's evident what you want them to do. What I find most dog trainers' websites or dog business owners' websites look like is just a big business card where it has your, you know, phone number, address, and we specialize in this and this and this. But there's no calls to action. So, like I say, the last thing I want to ask you is about that. What can you tell our listeners right now about how to craft a call to action and uh, you know what that is and, and what they could do on their own websites? Right. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it is important to understand that, that uh, Animal Behavior College's circumstances and reality is a little bit different, actually. It's a lot different than the typical dog trainer. I mean, mm -hmm. for one, we have, we have a call center that is staffed, you know, 12 hours, six days a week for people to handle all the influx of calls for people that want to find out about our programs. And mm -hmm. so uh, a good deal of our calls to action involve encouraging users uh, or visitors to our site to give us more information so that we can contact them, okay? And the vast majority of people who we get a hold of give us information and ask us to contact them. Uh, a slightly smaller percentage or a smaller percentage uh, I believe it's something like 30% of the people actually just read enough information on our site and then follow one of our calls to action, which is to give us a call and, and talk to somebody live, and, uh, and, and we handle it that way. So a lot of what we do is we encourage people to get a hold of us or to give us information so that we can get a hold of them. Trainers 
don't always have the luxury of being able to sit by the phone for 12 hours a day, sure. nor do they have people that they've hired that can do this. However, there are many calls to action that trainers can encourage users to take. Sites are uh, extremely uh, useful in doing is helping people register for classes. If you've got group classes, and you can have a website set up where people can register for and pay for a group class online, and as long as you can you can create a pre-screening process so that you don't have you know a, a very aggressive dogs in a class that's really not designed for them, you know, and you've got people whose dogs are the proper ages and have the right inoculations. I mean, there's some preliminary screening that, that needs to be done, but that can also be set up on your site. It is absolutely possible, and in fact, no, I know I know a lot of trainers that do it to encourage people to register for classes right there on your website. I, I know trainers whose classes fill up, and they don't talk to 80% of the people before they come to class. That's great. Um, or some trainers, yeah, it's great. I mean, it, it saves a tremendous amount of time. You know, and then some trainers, because they don't completely trust the process, or perhaps because the process needed a little honing and they had every reason not to trust it, once the classes fill up, then they turn around and they call all these students just to double-check to make sure they're going to be right for the class. Regardless, it can save you a whole lot of time. So one call to action might be to, and, and by call to action, what we mean is take a specific, engage in a specific behavior, engage in a specific action. Don't just read about our programs and then I hope that you call. You know, right. read about this program and for more information, you know, call or to, you know, to start the training process, call now or to get registered for class and to, you know, start to uh, eliminate the pesky digging and chewing problems. Sign up now. Specific things that the individual can do to make their situation better would be a call to action. And yes, we, we encourage that on our website and trainers should absolutely do the same thing. In order to do that, you have to be clear on what you want the people to do. Do you want them to call you? Do you want them to sign up for class online? Whatever it is, you should mm-hmm. encourage them to do this and give them clear-cut ways in which they can. If you're telling them to call and you only have your number once at the bottom, you know, in relatively small print, it's difficult to find. It can become frustrating for some visitors. Oh, okay, great. I'd love to call, but I'm not sure how. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you say call to action or rather call, you know, the number, it shouldn't just be call for more information. It should be call, you know, 1-800-OPAY or whatever your number is. So that right there, you, you've not only encouraged them to do something, but you've shown them how they can do it. Exactly. Okay. Well, Steve, this is just some amazing information. I'm really glad we went over it because, like I said, your company does a really great job with, uh, you know, with websites and calls to action and getting traffic and things like that. And uh, and you mentioned it. You guys do it on a much larger scale than the average small business business, but what I think a lot of people that are listening to this can do and take away is understand the concepts. We can pay for traffic. We can try to get it free. We can get our website out there and we can make it more functional by having calls to action, more functional by making it easily navigable, more functional by uh, you know just making sure that the visitor knows what to do when they're on there. And, uh, and so that's applicable to your large company and that's applicable to the small guy who's just got himself and he's just trying to make a living training dogs. And so I appreciate you taking the time to let us know about all this. This is all great information. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It's absolutely my pleasure. And you're 100% correct. The size doesn't matter nearly as much as the concept. Just add zeros at the end for the size, really. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're doing you know, a $10,000 advertising campaign or a million-dollar advertising campaign, you still need to be able to track results. By the mm-hmm. way, tracking results is another great thing about, uh, about the Internet. 
you have the ability to track where most people are coming from. So you know which keywords are most effective in generating traffic to your site. And uh, you know, if you keep decent records, and we're, we're sticklers on this, not only can we tell you which keywords people use to come to our site, we also know, based on those keywords, which of them generate the greatest numbers of enrollments. Um, and this is, this is important because, I mean, for example, we used to bid on dog training. And we got tons of people coming to our site and calling us up about dog training. But we mm-hmm. found that the ratio of people that actually contacted us to the, to the number of people that actually enrolled in our programs was much, much smaller. Okay, especially when we compared it to other keywords that didn't necessarily generate as much initial traffic, but generated much higher enrollments. So some words are just more effective in generating visitation to your site without any kind of real results than others. And you just mm-hmm. have to find out. It's a trial and error thing. You have to find out you know, which, which do and which don't. And then that allows you to determine which words you're going to bid most, uh, most aggressively on. Right. Tracking yeah, is key in any advertising campaign. And then at that point, you can throw a lot more money at this keyword because you know, you know, for every ten dollars we spend, we generate a hundred dollars in revenue. Well, you know, it's, at that point, it's almost like printing money. You know, just keep putting, you know, right. put a thousand dollars toward it, put ten thousand dollars towards it, what have you, because you know, because you're tracking it, you can know the results that you're going to get. So, well, Steve, how can people get in contact with you? How can they find your website? Where can they learn more about you and what you offer? Well, anybody that's interested in contacting me can go online and check out our website, which is at uh, animalbehaviorcollege.com, exactly like it sounds, animalbehaviorcollege.com. Or, you know, they can certainly give us a call, uh, 800-795-3294. That's 800-795-3294. And uh, absolutely, tell them that, uh, that I sent you, and um, they'll go, Steve, who? No, they won't know exactly who it is, but and uh, they will treat you very, very well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, simply email me at ty at petliferadio.com uh, or you can contact me at sixfiguredogbusiness.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on petliferadio.com. <laughs>